0: The ET contact phenomenon and the individuals who call themselves experiencers of these encounters have gotten more exposure in recent years than ever before. We're hearing about more people coming out to share their experiences, many of them lifelong. And yet, why is it that there's still such a sense of isolation, of loneliness and fear, including extreme fear of ridicule by those who surround them? Moreover, why is it that many of these experiencers can't even share their encounters with their own family, even when it's discovered that the family member may be an experiencer as well? These are just some of the questions I posed to Kathleen Martin, a leading authority on ET contact research, author and the niece of perhaps the most famous contactees in modern history, Betty and Barney Hill. Kathleen had lots to share on this very complex and important subject. For anyone who thinks they may be an experiencer, having contact with non-human intelligence and don't know where to turn next, this conversation is for you. It's my absolute pleasure to welcome for the first time to Higher Journeys, Ms. Kathleen Martin. Kathleen and I share many mutual colleagues in common, but we just met just less than a year ago when I had the pleasure of introducing one of her powerful workshops at Contact in the Desert, where she not only discussed the coping stages that ET contact experiencers uh, transition through on their path from denial to acceptance, uh, but she also uh, worked closely with that group utilizing a technique that she's certified in. And she's been using this uh, with experiencers for quite some time. And that's QHHT or the QHHT method, which stands for the quantum healing hypnosis technique. In fact, Kathleen, uh, you're a master level two practitioner of QHHT, right? That's correct. Excellent. Well, before we get started, because I know we have a lot to cover, I want to first and foremost, formally welcome you to Higher Journeys for the first
1: time. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you.
0: Likewise. And good to see you. Now. Before we get into uh the crux of the conversation which is going to ha- which will have to do with the generational aspect of contact tell us about this method called QHHT and how that's been integral in helping uh the many experiencers that you've worked with over the years
1: Well I have to tell you that I was a hypnotherapist for many years and I was dissatisfied with that methodology and I was looking for something better I met Dolores Cannon and I finally decided to study quantum healing hypnosis, that technique, because it is so kind and gentle and I simply love it. People come out without feeling traumatized and the real difference between QHHT and traditional hypnosis is that people come to my office with 10 to 15 questions to ask their higher self. And so we do that, and then they can also request healing from their higher self. Mm -hmm. And uh, Dolores Cannon developed this initially as past life regression. And I find that Even though I'm working with experiencers in their current lifetime, uh, it seems to work better if we go to a past lifetime, if there is going to be healing that the experiencer would like to request. And it's much more successful, I find, that way. I've worked with people who uh, were scheduled to set up an appointment to have Hip replacement surgery, and didn't have to have it. Hmm. Um, a person who had rheumatoid arthritis and psoriatic arthritis, and is has been in remission for nearly a year. Powerful. Uh, a person who had a brain tumor and was uh, pretty consistently ill, who is now doing much better. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody. But it does work uh, very significantly for some individuals. Mm.
0: Well, I know many in our audience know uh, the work of the the late, great Dolores Cannon, and I, I always marveled at her approach. What I want to ask you is, and, and forgive, there's a nice big plane going by right now. Oh, well, <laughs> we'll let that go by. We're actually close to an airport, everyone, so... Uh, Hopefully it won't be too busy. What I wanted to ask you, Kathleen, in terms of the QHHT method, I know that Dolores' work, a lot of it in her regression had to do with taking people to what she called the synambulistic level, which is a very deep, deep level of of, uh, hypnosis. Is this something that's part and parcel of the QHHT method?
1: It is. It is our goal to take the experiencer as deep into hypnosis as is possible and i uh that has always been my goal mm-hmm. i have never liked a light state of hypnosis and i have never been really fond of the traditional kind of hypnosis that is used for smoking cessation and weight loss and to use that kind of methodology uh with uh certain signals and flags and that sort of thing uh never appealed to me so uh, I kind of slipped very comfortably into the quantum healing hypnosis technique methodology. Mm-hmm. That's great.
0: Well, this is very relevant to where we're going, Kathleen, because as I had mentioned to you offline, what I really want to talk about today, and you were so apropos to do this, is the generational component to uh, to contact. Mm -hmm. Uh, now this doesn't necessarily directly relate to what you're doing with QHHT, but it does. It it has a tangential relationship in terms of really, we want to get to the core of people who feel themselves to be experiencers who are suffering in silence. And this is a quote from your book, suffering in silence, uh, your latest book, I should say extraterrestrial contact. Um, but this is where I want to start, uh, with uh, the question that I'd like to ask you in your research how common do you think the generational aspect is? How often do you think this runs in families? If you're enjoying this episode and want to get more conversations about all things intriguing, inspiring, and unusual, be sure to subscribe to Higher Journeys on YouTube. And once you do, don't forget to hit that notification bell to receive an announcement as soon as a new episode is posted. And now back to our show.
1: Well, in my research, and when I do research, I I wanted to be of the social science academic type of research. Um, I was part of FREES, the Edgar Mitchell uh, Free Foundation's Mm -hmm. uh, experiencer study. I had done a smaller one before that. And then in 2015 to 2018, Dr. Don C. Donderry, psychology professor now retired from McGill University and I worked on an experiencer study with five hundred and sixteen experiencers and what we were able to do was to define those or identify those who were experiencers in general Uh, as opposed to those who were contactees and those who were abductees. And what we discovered is that among the abductee group, 60% state that they are aware that contact is generational Hmm. in their family. Uh, Among the overall experiencers, it was still 50%.
0: That's large. And you're saying that they, they were aware of the, the lineage, they were aware of the um, having it in the family. Okay, well, yes. that's interesting, because one of the questions I would plan to ask, and I, I will is, you know, again, we're talking about the isolation that many experiencers feel, uh, because of their experiences. And a lot of that isolation has to do w- with the family members not wanting to talk to family. So have you had a situation or situations where experiencers perhaps would later find out that uh, contact runs in the family? To put it lightly, um, but there was a, a lack of conversation going on. In other words, let me give you an example. I don't know if you're familiar with the film Witness of Another World, a relatively recent documentary. Yes, yes you have. Have you you've seen it?
1: It's, I have seen it. I can't remember specifically what it was. Well, but I can yes. I
0: can tell you just to. to refresh your memory, Juan Perez is the 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 focus of the documentary, uh, a childhood experiencer, who was tormented, not so much by the, uh, the contact itself, but the after effects or the aftermath of that contact, including and especially fear of ridicule, which is so common uh, with this, this phenomenon. But you know, I'll tell you, the kicker in all of this Uh, was that not until many years later, he discovered that his own mother was also a lifelong experiencer. She never shared this with him until, uh, I guess there were a series of events, including the making of the film itself, that uncovered this long hidden truth. So my question for you is, are you finding in your work with experiencers that where there may be a a generational link, the relatives are often keeping quiet with their loved ones about uh, the experiences?
1: That is absolutely correct. And There is such a stigma around uh, contact with extraterrestrials that uh, it's not uncommon for family members not to discuss it, even if it's happening in the family. And this is one reason that back in 2011, I set up the Experiencer Research Team at the Mutual UFO Network. It is a team now of 32 Uh, caring, compassionate individuals. Um, Many of them are experiencers themselves and all of them are specialists in contact. Uh, And we also have five mental health consultants on our team. And it is because there are so many people who have tried to tell their best friend, they've uh, tried to tell a family member and they've made fun of. Someone has suggested that they need psychiatric help, and uh, even sometimes the family members are in denial themselves. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to give people the opportunity to simply engage in non-judgmental conversation with someone who knows and understands what we we are going through. Mm -hmm. I have to say that I'm one of those people as well. I know. Betty, not only were Betty and Barney Hill, my aunt and uncle, my mother was an experiencer. This was never revealed publicly during her lifetime. Uh, And I am an experiencer too. But we didn't really talk about it in the family. When I tried to talk about it, what the words I would hear are, they don't want us to discuss it. We're us
0: being the non-human
1: intelligence. The non-human intelligence. Really? Yes. Well, let's elaborate on that. True. I'm sorry,
0: I didn't mean to cut you off. Let's elaborate on it. Thank you for sharing that with us. And I planned on. I think a, a lot of folks in our audience are aware, certainly of your your uncle uh, Betty and Barney Hill, uh, but also your great work. Um, but I want to to. Have you elaborate on the fact that we both share the term NHI in common? I I, I'm loath to call it ET because I think it's so much bigger than that. Yes, they didn't want, and we've heard this before. Keep it a secret. Where do you think this is coming from, Kathleen? Why keep it a secret, and why is that a mandate? It seems from them.
1: Uh, You know, this is very difficult because there are so many different groups, but. With my family, it was always the a kind of a gray, almost hybrid gray type. They were uh, There were the small little skinny ones who might have been bio-robotic. I'm not sure. And then there were the taller grays who were about five feet tall to five and a half feet tall. And uh, as they said to Betty uh, many, many years ago, next year it will be 60 years mm-hmm. uh She said, do you think it would be possible for you to come back? I would like to introduce you to uh, scientists, to people who know more about this than I do. I'm only a simple person, even though she was extremely bright and and a social worker for the state of New Hampshire. But uh, he said to her, well, we want you to forget about it. That's the decision that has been made, uh, because it will be best if you don't remember what happened. And even if you do remember, you and Barney will be so confused that uh, it will just sort of drive you crazy trying to figure out what really happened. And, you know, so they I think there are many reasons for this. I think that they are working covertly. Uh, on a program that definitely benefits them. Uh, I believe, and I have been told that more recently, that it is for our benefit as well, and that they are extremely concerned about uh, humanity's behavior. They're concerned that we have reached the point where uh we could destroy this planet and life on this planet and you know they it may be too little too late they've been working on this since at least the late 1940s to early 1950s uh trying to convey the message that uh we need to be good stewards to our planet, that there is the possibility of environmental collapse, that we need to stop the development of nuclear weapons, that the detonation of nuclear weapons uh, reverberates out into the universe. And I've spoken to theoretical physicists about this, and uh, they say, Well, this means that there has to be an interdimensional universe, that this uh, slices a hole in the the fabric of time and space and goes out into other dimensions. So not only are we impacted, but they are impacted as well. And uh, so they, I believe based upon everything I know, what I've learned through the studies I've done, what I've learned from the experiencers I've worked from, and from my own experiences that I try to put last, because I do not want to be subjective in my opinions. Mm. But uh, it appears that there's great concern about us, but at the same time, they say that they are working as quietly as surreptitiously mm-hmm. as they can. And if uh, the public knows about their presence, about the work that they are doing with experiencers, it could disrupt society and it could have a negative impact. They they don't want to be perceived as invaders, for one thing, uh, but they don't want to carry out a program that would be too disruptive to humankind.
0: It would seem to me, this is a, you've said a lot there, and I, I'm following everything you're saying, but as paradoxical as this may seem, you know, on the one hand, they're saying if, you know, this becomes well-known, you know, no questions anymore, it is irrefutable that this contact has been and continues to go on that it could, it could, uh, It could ruin things it could ruin things and yet and yet it seems that for all of the individuals that are suffering that are experiencers that are are afraid of having the conversation with someone who perhaps is an experiencer themselves Kathleen this is also uh to me uh destroying we've got to start talking about the elephant in the room even if it's just among ourselves to have it taken seriously That's the paradox. I mean, we could annihilate ourselves just by the silence and the the things that people are going through. As I said to you offline, and I'm going to say it to the journeyers out there, I've received letters from some people that are in dire straits, let's just say, in desperate, dire straits that are ready, in some cases, to do harm to to themselves because of this suffering. So Mm -hmm. there's got to be a fine, there's got to be a, a coming together somehow, where the uh, the intelligences, the beings can perhaps help us come together in this regard. I don't know, this is a bit of a conundrum. What do you think?
1: Well, I I agree. There are many people who are suffering. My recommendation is, if you are suffering, if you have post traumatic stress disorder, if you're experiencing trauma, go see a good uh, psychotherapist who uses EMDR, who uses that technique. What is the emotional release technique where it's eye movement therapy. And when you're doing that, you will remember what is going on. Uh, Maybe not all of it. You can have uh, hypnotherapy after that or quantum healing hypnosis. But if you are suffering, you need to see a licensed mental health practitioner who can help you work through this emdr therapy is the most effective type of therapy for post-traumatic stress disorder of all kinds
0: right yes. not just obviously for contact uh the contact phenomenon okay yes yes well you know going thank you and maybe we can have a link if you can provide me with one where people can can uh, connect with with that
1: technique well, can simply go online and uh, put in it, EMDR therapists. I okay. did that once. And I received a list uh, of EMDR therapists uh, from around the country.
0: We'll find that and make sure to have that in the link for, for everyone. Um, you know, in, in keeping with that PTSD, because that's a very real uh, part of this whole phenomenon, not for everyone, but for too many people, it reminds me, I'm going back to Juan Perez's story again in Argentina, and. Again, his suffering came from being in isolation, fearing the ridicule, certainly not knowing until many years later that he, in fact, is a generational experiencer. And when his mother, I I don't know the actual impetus, I know it had something to do with the making of the film, where she admitted, after all these years, I too am an experiencer. There was immediate healing for Juan. And I've since been told by the filmmaker, Alan Stibleman, who i have gotten gotten to know quite well, that they have had uh, sightings together now. Now their bond is at a whole new level. That is therapy in and of itself. I'm not saying in lieu of doing what, all the great things that you're talking about, but it seems that healing starts at home. Forgive the cliche. How can we I, I don't think there's a silver bullet for this, Kathleen, so I don't expect you to, to have a pat answer. But how might we, if you suspect that a family member may be an experiencer, go about approaching that that very, very tender subject?
1: Any suggestions? It's, it's extremely difficult to broach that, that subject with a family member. I mean, are you saying that if you are an experiencer and mm-hmm. if you wonder that a fam- if a family member is as well? Right, exactly. Uh, yeah. Now,
0: I'll, I'll reference your book, a uh, wonderful book, Extraterrestrial Contact, just came out in September, you told me, what yes. to do when you've been abducted. You bring up the generational experiencer component in the book, in the chapter, mm-hmm. how to investigate your contact experiences. And mm-hmm. there you give some of the hallmarks that a generational experiencer uh, might have, including looking at, say... Um, an experiencer's child, and how they may demonstrate some of the same qualities like, say, psychic ability or intuition, or maybe looking at another family member, parents or grandparents. You're looking at some of their attributes, if you will, in this area compared to yours, and you have a feeling, I wonder if my mother is an experiencer. That's what I'm talking about. You're seeing hallmarks in people in your family that you're uh, demonstrating as a result of your contact experience.
1: So there'll be clues. Yeah. And it is difficult. I I have to say it is difficult to bring that up uh, because you might face ridicule if you ask that question. But it's also important if you're having these experiences and you know that they are with extraterrestrials because there is science going on. This is a scientific program. They're not uh, taking extraterrestrials to a torture chamber. They're doing, uh, the extraterrestrials, are taking you, uh, experiencers, into their environment for uh, various reasons. And and some of it is for scientific experiments. Uh, Some of it is simply to visit because they've known you in all lifetimes. And you've been one of them. So there are many different things going on. But it's, it's important, I think, to mention it in the family. Even if you say, you know, I have these dreams uh, and I'm wondering uh, what they mean. Have you ever had any dreams like this mm. or any experiences? Or you could even uh, say, gee, you know, I'm empathic. I feel other people's feelings. Uh, do, you, do you have that? Because that is a hallmark of being, having been abducted or being an experiencer. Uh, the statistic is 91% of the abductee group and 87% of the experiencers overall in MUFON study of 516 experiencers. Our empathic is what you're saying. Our empathic.
0: That's interesting. Is remind- hmm. uh,
1: We have uh, in uh, increased intuition. Uh, we're more spiritual. It's a result of the experiences that we've had.
0: I know that's addressed in the work of free um in in the gigantic book which i think you were also featured in beyond ufos yes,
1: i have a chapter in that yes book. communication yeah we're gonna have a link
0: to that one as well that's a fantastic uh just something you want to add to your to your ufo library for sure uh my gosh where where shall we go from here it looks like there are resources. Tell tell us a little bit more about uh, everyone. I'm sure is familiar with MUFON, their their landmark organization that's been around for many years, uh, with the sole uh, commitment of really understanding this dynamic from you mm-hmm. know from the more mechanistic to the experiencer. And I'm so glad that they are taking this aspect of this entire spectrum. Uh, of the phenomenon seriously, that being the experiencer, and I know that you represent them quite well. But talk a little bit more about that. How uh, is is this broken up into branches in terms of the experiencer support? Let's say there's somebody I don't know in Minnesota, that's an experiencer that wants to tap into the MUFON network for support. How would they do that?
1: Okay. Do not fill out. Uh, a report a ufo or report your experience for an investigation because you might end up with someone who does not know a lot about the experience or phenomenon and uh, they're going to be looking for nuts and bolts evidence that's not what we do we're on the support arm It's the Experiencer Research Team. Go to MUFON.com, scroll down to Experiencer Research Team, share your story with one of our members. You click on that, it will take you to another page where it shows the officers on our team. Uh, You can see everyone on the team on a different page too if you look around for it. But up at the top of that page, is uh, it's called the Experiencer Questionnaire. Click on that, it's very simple, 30 questions. It's just an icebreaker. Uh, We do not expect you to get a score of 30. Don't be disappointed if you have a score of 15, because it means at 15 that you're a good solid experiencer, that uh, it's indicative that you've had these experiences for a while. And if your score is lower than that, it doesn't mean that we're going to say you haven't had this experience. Uh, What will happen is when you complete that questionnaire, it will go to Dr. George Madich, who is the ERT's assistant director. And he will assign a specialist on our team to contact you to set up a conversation via telephone or Skype, whatever works, and each member of my team has a list of hypnotherapists, of quantum healing hypnosis practitioners, and of uh, licensed mental health professionals These are people that you can go to. You can set up a private for-pay relationship. MUFON doesn't have funding. We're all volunteers. Mm -hmm. We're just there to help. And uh, we also have a list of support groups that usually doesn't cost anything to go to these support groups. And if there is not one in your area, we have three very good support groups that... uh, are done over Zoom, the the online application, so you can be anywhere
0: that's and great.
1: take part in those support groups. Oh, that's great! Perhaps we can get a
0: link. Whether you have one, I can probably navigate to exactly where you're talking about. That's important. Let's make sure so they don't go to the wrong place within the whole MUFON network. We'll get them right there. I know that there are people, Kathleen, listening right now that are so perplexing. How I'm getting just like you, I'm sure, emails with people who are reaching out, they've heard the show, or they're familiar with your work. And I think you've referenced this, they say, you're not going to believe this, but I've never told anyone this, but they feel as if they're the only ones having the experience. And the reason one of the reasons why we're doing this show is to let you all know out there, you're not alone. You're mm-hmm. not alone. It's and true. you're looking at a woman who is, God bless you, you're dedicating your your life to helping others because you understand you have skin in the game, I like to say. So, uh, so we thank you for that. We'll make sure to have a link. Uh, we're about to close out. Any closing thoughts? I know you've got stuff coming up. Are you coming to contact in the desert this year?
1: I'm not this year. You're not? Oh, no. okay. we'll miss you know, anything. next year is the 60th anniversary of Betty and Barney's experience. Mm. I'm going to re-release Captured with updated, exciting information. And so I'm, I'm hoping to be there next year, but not this year. Okay, and uh, my book, Extraterrestrial Contact, is a comprehensive guide for experiencers. It's available at a very low price on Amazon. You can purchase an autographed hard copy from me if you'd like that. There's a workbook at the end of every yes, chapter to help experiencers. Uh, I've written this with experiencers in mind, because I'm doing everything in my power to improve the quality of people's lives when they have had these experiences. And you're doing a beautiful job at it. So carry on. We're behind you, and
0: That's if there's beautiful. anything we can do here at Higher Journeys, you let us know. We'll be in touch, obviously. So thank yes. you, thank you so much, Kathleen. The website. Give us the website so we can make yes, sure we have it.
1: It's triple W Kathleen with a K dash Marden M A R D E N dot com.
0: Beautiful. Got a lot of links. Lots of work to do, and uh, feel free to leave your comments, everyone, because I know that uh, that you're out there and and talk with one another. And, you know, whether you can engage a family member or not, just know that there's a there's a good chance if you feel strongly you're an experiencer could be in your family, too. So we'll uh, we'll get to the bottom of this somehow. I'm excited because I think some good things are going to come as a result of this, even with all the tumult out there. So and you're uh, a big part of making that happen. So thanks again, Kathleen. We appreciate you. Great talking to you again. Likewise. And thank you, journeyers. We will talk to you soon. We'll see you next week on Higher Journeys. Take good care.